Once again, after a couple of weeks off, we have a great one for you today. Dawn Meehan, Survivor South Pacific, Survivor Caramoan. Uh, we've watched them back-to-back weeks in the all-time Top 40 countdown. We'll talk about all that and more with Dawn Meehan today. But the woman who uh, tracked down Dawn, here she is. It's Teresa T. Bird Cooper. Hey, Rob. How in the world are you? Yeah, doing great, T-Bird. What's new with you? Good! Well, I actually have been listening to your recaps. You have? And I want to thank Allie and... Yes, absolutely, because, you know, South Pacific and Karamoan have been a little ways back. When I think South Pacific's been 10 years ago, and Karamoan's been, what, I don't know, however many years it's been. It's been a while. So, yes, I listened to both of them. And Allie and Akiva for Karamoan were absolutely great. And Allie, I've learned something from from actually yes. from Allie. I, I see she has props. She uses props, which was so cute. Mm-hmm. And then Akiva has this little squeeze ball, which I guess he calls his avocado that he was using. Mm-hmm. So, you know, learning things from them. And then I was enjoying Beth and Scally's uh, doing South Pacific yes. with you. So they're really helpful as far as talking to our guests Good. and getting current. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. T-Bird, uh, so that it's wild that to... you listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah. It's part of my homework. Yeah. Because I, I, Glenn came in and he was, he, I said, uh, I said, I've got to listen to this podcast, baby. I said, it's this one is four and a half hours. And then as I'm getting to the end of it, I'm hearing you and Akiva saying, this is the longest one we've done. I'm thinking, Oh dear Lord! Mm-hmm. And it was. I listened to every every minute of it. Why do you want to every try to break the record? Minute of it. No, I was just listening, thinking. I kept thinking that y'all might say something at the very, very end that I might need to know. But I did get in to hear hashtag Three Amigos break the record. So I listened <laughs> to you. it all the way. Look, and that's T-Bird, how you know. Look, I, I might be know. able to do a podcast for four and a half hours, but I'm pretty sure that you had your hand over your head uh, attached to that bucket for longer in Africa. I can't even imagine that. You know how you just do things and you don't even think about it? Mm-hmm. But it's okay, Rob. I just put on my headset and, and, and go work out. And then I'm listening and I'm learning things I've forgotten about and hearing y'all's take on it. It's fun. It's good. So how long did it's, you have your hand over fun. your it's head? It's part of homework. Yeah. Oh, I think it was a little over six hours. Six hours. Yeah. I mean, I could I sit here and do a podcast. I'm, I'm sitting in a chair talking. Like, that's no big thing. I don't know, because I even heard Allie was saying, Rob, how do you do this? How do you sit here and talk for four hours? Well, you know, Rob, it's a little different when you're, you know, playing for a million dollars. Yeah. Okay. It's a little different when you're, you know, so I had to do what I had to do. So that's just part of it. That's just part, part of, of the it. game. Okay. Well, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Baking bread. Baking bread. 
Yes. Yes. Because you're inspired. That's what, Dawn, that's what Dawn does. That's what Dawn does mm-hmm. as therapy. So that's what I did. I did a little bread therapy. I had never done that before because we have a bread machine. And I actually did bread from just getting in with it with the dough and just getting in with it. And I love it. So I learned. It's funny how it seems like I learned something from each of our guests. And yes. that's my takeaway. From you take Dawn. something away fantastic. from everybody. Yeah. It was wonderful. T-Bird, have yeah. you kept in so, touch with Mad Dog? Yes. I have stayed in touch with Mad Dog. I have. Yes. Everything's going good with Mad Dog? podcast that was. Yes. Everything's going good with Mad Dog. Yes. Yes. She was very, she was very, I think she was very, she was very humbled. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, with us talking to her and, and I think it was I know she enjoyed it. I know we all enjoyed having her. So yeah. I know you enjoyed having her. That was the, the neatest thing. Is I how, loved it so much. How you, how you reacted okay. to it. The bar is yeah, high today uh, to follow up after Mad Dog. All right. Um, let's get to Dawn. But first, let me take a moment and uh, thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Those are our friends over at Honey, the browser extension that saves you money. You can get Honey for free at joinhoney.com dot com slash rhap joinhoney.com slash rhap look t-bird we all shop online and every time you go online there's that little box that says like promo code and it taunts you it's like uh if you knew the password you could get in here you could save some money and then you try to google stuff and you end up on a bunch of terrible websites but thanks to honey manually searching for the coupon codes That's a thing of the past. Forget about it. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet like it's looking for a hidden immunity idol for promo codes and applies the best one to fit in your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. So when you're shopping on one of your favorite sites and you get to the checkout, when that Honey button drops down, all you have to do is click Apply coupons it's like you are like a uh, winning at the slot machine when that little button comes up because you know you're going to start saving money wait a few seconds honey is going to click through all of the coupons it can find for the site and when it finds a working coupon it'll use the best one and you'll watch the prices drop uh t-bert i have used this a lot when i go shopping online especially uh when i am sending things like flowers or any sort of like a gift that you would send to people online, like baskets and things like that, uh, you uh, can save 15%, 20% online. I have used it on uh, p- different printing websites as well to save some serious money, sometimes like 50 and 60% on different websites uh, where you're going to get stuff printed. Can you believe it, T-Bird? Hey, I can't believe it. Give me that code for honey right now. <laughs> you don't need the code. It finds the code for you. <laughs> then all you have to do uh, is go to joinhoney.com slash RHAP. Okay? Honey has found it's over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. And if you don't already have honey, you could be missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the podcast. I'd never recommend it if I didn't use it. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash R-H-A-P. That's joinhoney.com slash R-H-A-P. All right, T-Bird. Why don't you do us the honor 
and introduce Dawn. Okay. Today's guest knew from the very start, season one, Borneo, that she wanted to be more than a Survivor fan. At 30 years old, she started applying and going through the casting process. She would finally be cast for season 21, only to be replaced two weeks before the game was to begin. Disappointed? Absolutely. Discouraged? Never! We will eventually see her at the age of 42 on season 21, South Pacific. This kind, well-liked player would make it to day 27, but not before leaving behind a lasting impression. We would see her again almost a year to the day on season 25, Kara Moen, Fans versus Favorites. Most players that play again will play much the same as their first time, but this former college professor from BYU said, quote, if you give kids a test, they'll do better the second time, end quote. This would indeed prove to be accurate for her. The South Pacific Dawn would be replaced by the new Dawn, and she would go into her second chance with a different strategy. She was determined and even, well, a little cutthroat. If you didn't have my last name, I could vote against you, she had said. She would accomplish exactly what she had wanted. She got as far as she could, making it to day 39. Quote, I was in charge of my own game and got to the end with my best friend, end quote. Yes, the misfits from South Pacific would control the game. But after a weight loss of 27 pounds, no sleep for 11 days, then being humiliated by a bitter jury, largely due to her vote against Brenda, she leaned over to Cochran at the final tribal council and feeling as if she was having a literal breakdown said, quote, I think I might need medical attention, end quote. After that final tribal council, she was taken to a hospital in Manila, then accompanied back home by the cast psychologist, Dr. Liza, with follow-up calls by Mark Burnett and Jeff Probst. The reaction from the fans would sadly be similar as the jury, and this mom of six would become vilified. She said it was a double standard. I felt abandoned, then betrayed. I played the same exact game as Cochran. He stabbed them in the back. I stabbed them in the front. She ended up closing off all social media to keep her children sheltered from the unpopular opinions. She said the difficult days made her stronger and that the negative didn't define it for her. The positive did. It was her family, friends, and therapy, bread therapy, that got her through the challenging days, baking up to 10 loaves a day, mailing out up to 120 loaves. So, in honor of our guest today, I decided to give this form of therapy a try this week and found that making bread definitely slows things down, is physical, takes time, is relaxing, a great homemade treat to share, and an inexpensive form of therapy. Joining us today, I am thrilled to introduce the lady I have mucho respect for for so many reasons. The player who has said she would she would not play again since she has already experienced the best of both worlds each time she played. RHA Pay listeners, Dawn Meehan. Hi. Yes, Dawn. How are you? Hey, Dawn. 
Well, I'm great after that introduction for the love. Nobody does it like T-Bird. And so uh, so excited to uh, get to hear from you. It has been uh, eight years since we've heard from you on the podcast. And uh, that time has flown by. And we used to like see you, uh, I feel like, uh, regularly because I feel like yeah. in the early days of Rob's podcast, you know, you played yeah. in, in your seasons and yep. uh, you were on Twitter and I feel like that you were like a fixture. And then now we've gone so long without hearing from you. Yeah, I think, you know, part of that has to do with, I mean, the way that I ended the game. I learned a lot about social sure. media and I really tried to emphasize in my life like what my priorities were sure so um uh, we'd love to get some updates on how everything has been going uh since we've heard from you dawn yeah well i think the main thing is i've retired from teaching at byu yes i've done it probably in reverse to a lot of moms i think some people like do work and kids like Mm -hmm full-time maybe kids more work on the side full-time kids and now i have my kids older and i'm home with them Mm -hmm. more as as like peers so two of my kids have married congratulations Um, thank you two are seniors yes and because of the pandemic most of them are with us Mm -hmm. (laughs) um dave is great he still works for adobe I just started another degree in psychology online. Oh, wow. So that I have like a way to keep my brain active. And I think, you know, I still make bread. Um, you were making it before it was popular, Dawn. I know. What's that all about? <laughs> I know it. Yes. It is. Dawn, Dawn, it, it, and it's so, Dawn, when I was, when I was reading about you and learning about you and, I had some things that happened this week and I thought, you know, I, I made some bread for one reason for you. But then yesterday I actually made it because of you, Aww. because of how it got you through, because it, it and it's amazing. It it does help it. I, and I think, Dawn, probably I'm an active person, probably like you are. So for me to sit and read, it's it's hard for me to do that. I like to move around. So baking bread, you're standing or most of the time, I guess you could stand, but you've got your upper body, your arms and your hands are in it. It's really therapeutic. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's definitely been like one of the greatest things I've learned. It's kind of a crazy thing. I have all these classes that I took in college that I don't even remember. And then this small thing that someone taught me on the side in like 20 minutes has like had this really profound impact on my life. And it was a great thing because after the first time I played, I was able to send it to a lot of people. And then I do definitely still send it. And um, I've made a lot of friends as a result of it. I think I've auctioned it. I've sold it as doorstops because it takes so long to get to places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a big part of me. I think the other thing that was hard and maybe why I like unplugged for a bit is I didn't know this, but I had um, crushed three vertebrae in Survivor South Pacific. Yes. Yeah. Holding the weights on my shoulders with the bamboo and shoulder the load. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. And so I just kept thinking, oh, you know, it's like a kink. 
And it took me a lot of exercise after and even through um, season 26. I, I had the pain, but I wasn't aware that that's what it was. And I think I thought back problems were for like old people. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't do anything about it. But I ended up having to have a spinal fusion a year ago. Oh, my God. I know, right? Good grief. Wow. And so I've kind of had to do more of me just as a way of like getting through that procedure and accommodate, like learning to adapt in a few ways because I can't do a back bend anymore. Wow. Uh, because Dawn, you lose mobility. Dawn, yeah. You know, and Don, that's really interesting because, you know, we've talked to some people I'm talking with T-Bird who have had, of course, mental, mental issues due to the show the difficulties, and also physical problems. It didn't Katie Gallagher tell us, Rob? I mean, and um, she had, I mean, you don't think about that. You think, oh, I'm just going to go play, going out here to play this game. But things do happen that that stick with you for the rest of your life. So, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty major. But I always tell people we won chickens for that. So I think it was like a good trade. (laughs) For your yeah, that was an impressive really? challenge, by the way, Dawn. Because I was watching it, I had forgot. You know, it's been a while, so watching it, I, I hadn't remembered that you had won that. And I thought, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Dawn can can win this challenge. And as I kept watching, I'm like, you got to be kidding me! Oh my gosh, it was fantastic. So I know you're proud of it. I mean, I mm-hmm. hate, I know you hate to lose the you know the use of your back. Yeah. Absolutely, oh, no, because. Well. It- Right. It's not even that, that was I don't impressive. That. Yeah, Don, was that because that when the bar slips off your shoulders, right, and is then is on is on your back, and then you and Stacy both have the like, is that is that when you feel like that that injury Did happened? Happen? Yeah, yeah, I knew something happened, but you know, and so in confidence, like two of the people on my tribe who male who also participated had um, uh, like more medical. Mm-hmm immediately like yeah hernia stuff like that i don't think they've done that challenge since then yeah yeah i didn't either yeah i haven't seen it so john that's what's that been seven or eight years you've gone through this pain until when did you say you had a year ago under your back oh a Mm -hmm. year ago okay so you dealt with this pain for a long time yeah but i kept thinking because i you know try to work out i just kept thinking it's you know Mm -hmm. it'll It'll remedy itself at some point. And you're feeling That's, okay now? Um, I think it takes like 18 months or yeah. something. And well, they can kind of declare that it was like successful. So when I do all that they tell me to do, I do. Yeah. I feel good. But I'm probably a little... I think people pass... Use this term like flippantly, but I don't mean it flippantly. I do think I have like... An inability. I'm a hummingbird. I have an inability to sit still. I think if you were to just follow me and do like speed up the um, cuts on the show, you would just die laughing at how many times I am sitting down for like three seconds, and then I get up and walk, and then sit down again and walk, and sit down again and walk. Mm-hmm. I'm not very um, sedentary. Like this, this will be a challenge. The two hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
so Dawn, also, um, God, I don't know which direction to go with you. There's so much I want to talk to you about. But let me start with, you know, you played, what, a year, year and a half from when you played South Pacific to Caramoan. And in Survivor years, that's a short period of time physically. It's actually 10 months. About. Yeah. It's 10, 10 months. months. Oh, that's right. Before taping. That that's got to be extremely challenging. Did you were you just excited about going back? Did you think about the toll, or I guess you noticed after the after the fact? No, I didn't think about anything other than I wanted to play. I I saw Sophie my previous season uh, receive that one million dollar check, and I just thought that's got to be me. And I just didn't understand. My brain couldn't wrap itself around how that would be a possibility again. And from what I understand, there was someone else that, you know, they expected to kind of fit into that role of mom or female that's older. But um, I ended up, uh, ironically, I think it flipped the first time they knocked me out for season 21. And for season 26, I knocked them. Mm-hmm. Out. Mm-hmm. So no one expected. Oh, let's me. give her. Let's give her a name, Dawn. Let's give her a name because we just talked to her, uh, you know, a few, month or two ago. It's, yeah. it's Holly. Holly yeah. Hoffman. It there seems to be so many similarity similarities between y'all. Y'all are both. I mean, you're amazing, amazing women. But even the way you played your games, I mean, you were both loved and respected, of course. Um, and you both had times during the game where you wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. Don, do you say yeah. to yourself ever like, uh, well, I wish they would have picked Holly for season 26? Oh, no. I don't have any regrets about the, um, the experience at all. Like, none. Uh, after the game, my, like, my comment to Cochran, I, I've been really like i think in 10 months to lose that much weight and then regain it lose it mm-hmm. you know it's just messes with you yeah not, it's not good to lose that much weight mm-hmm. for any of us not just me yeah. but um yeah the reason i turned to cochran was because i really did believe that i had i was starting to hallucinate at the end of the game and i was letting production know when we would do walks i would tell them I, I want you to understand, like, I'm watching this game from above. And that was probably just the final three days. And so I was concerned more about, like, okay, I'm still self-aware, so maybe it's okay. I'm okay. But after getting kind of, like, a reality check on mm-hmm. how much the game had, what it, how it impacted other people, like, I think that was a reality that I hadn't paid attention to. I think at tribal council, I got like a real sense of, oh man, this really hurt people. And I wasn't really considering that. I was really considering how to get to the end with Cochrane because that was the plan day one. We always said, let's try to win $1.1 million. I mean, it's shy of that with being um, final three, but that was the goal. And I, I think it's actually worked out well because both of us, I didn't want my life to change. I wasn't looking to be on television. I wasn't looking to, you know, have a side gig and I wanted to go back and teach. And so the, you know, the gift or the compensation for playing allowed me to do some things with my family that I 
couldn't do before, but it it didn't change my life. Mm -hmm. And likewise, it didn't change Cochran's with the exception of his, you know, now he writes. Mm -hmm. And so it afforded him some opportunities that way. But financially, you know, he's been very generous with his money. So it's not like he, in my opinion, he's been really like the same person, Mm -hmm. you know? I think you give me that million, <laughs> it's over. He's a sex symbol now. He didn't have that before. Let's not leave that out. Yeah, I don't think he likes that, though. Oh. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but I think he really does. I don't know. I talked to him last week, and I think his feeling is these people weren't there before. So it's odd to have them suddenly see him mm-hmm. differently. Yeah. Don't. You know, in going back and watching uh, Caramoan, it seemed like that it was like uh, a very uh, punishing season in terms of like uh, the lack of food that you had in that season that a lot of the players comment on it for, um, you know, a a number of different points uh, throughout the game. I mean, uh, Eric seems like that he Mm. uh, basically goes out of the game for malnourishment, even though he's uh, been on a bunch of uh, rewards throughout the game. Was that something in particular from your two experiences? Because it doesn't seem to come up as much in South Pacific. And maybe that's because Ozzy is catching, you know, fish or the fishing is better in that season, maybe. But was Caramoan like uh, especially punishing in terms of lack of food? Yeah, because the um, ocean in the Philippines where we were is overfished. Mm -hmm. So I never saw a fish. I saw a shark once, a baby shark. Um, but you know, outside of one time we got really large clams, like the kind that are on SpongeBob. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, that was a fluke. Yeah. So yeah, we didn't, if we could fish, because we had, um, Malcolm who can do that banana sling, like nobody's business. And yeah, there just wasn't any protein really. I mean, we did have rice. Mm-hmm. But if I remember correctly, and I really do love Brandon, but if I remember correctly, he did something to the rice, yes, to where it to where it molded. So mm-hmm. we definitely ate some a good couple of days worth of molded rice, yeah, which is healthy. Yeah, it's not ideal. Not ideal. Yeah. And, and Dawn, I, this might I don't know if this will be a hard question to ask or not for you to answer, but. The difference between when you played on South Pacific, all right, there were two returning players with Ozzy and Coach. And then, of course, um, fans versus favorites, half of you were, were favorites. Would you have rather, was it, would you think it would be easier to play on a cast with completely all new players instead of having those two returning on South Pacific? Or did you like the Karamoan where there was half, you know, half returning players and half new? you know, the fans, so which I like, makes it easier. Yeah. I liked the idea. I don't know. I like it on equal footing, regardless of what it is. And I think if you have a fans versus favorites, it is just flat out. You're stacked. The people mm-hmm. who've played before, it's the same thing that I said, you've taken the test. You understand more about it and how it's going to go. Um, even something as simple as how do you get to the challenges? Because they're obviously not built right in front of you or else that would be (laughs) an advantage in the game. 
So there's so much that you're taking in and absorbing as a, like a newbie. Um, it's nice if both of those tribes are on equal footing where it's new mm-hmm. or in more like both tribes have played before. That's why I like heroes versus villains. And and that's, you know, for me, I, I kind of prefer that to be on equal footing. Dawn, uh, I thought it was uh, very interesting when I went back and I watched the Caramoan finale recently because uh, Jeff is talking about the response that you had gotten during that season and how uh, you turned your Twitter off uh, towards the end of that season. And, you know, Jeff comments on like, well, this is like a whole new world. It used to be you would just yell at your TV. Now you go, people go online and say, I don't like you to the person that they don't like. And right. I, I don't know if necessarily like at the time, like uh, that toxicity, you know, was really if people really understood where this whole thing was going. Like, uh, I feel like in a lot of ways you were sort of like patient zero of yeah. sort of like the, you know, uh, toxic reality TV fan base, like going in on a player. Yeah. I think it did switch after me. <laughs> there was just so much more involvement uh-huh. in social media. I think even within those 10 months, because I can remember like, oh, download Snapchat. You know, we're talking about all these things like, oh, I've got to create a Twitter account, you know, for mm-hmm. the first time I played for season 23. By season 26, that everybody had access to me. And it's, awesome if you work at a university that has a lot of your information public. So I would get a lot of mail at the university itself, which I was grateful it didn't come to my house. I got a lot of packages um, at at the university, which made everybody nervous, but they go through an anthrax scan. So it's kind of funny. And then it made the university nervous. and then, uh, oh, what, I was what would add. people send you? Oh, some people sent me like fan things, yes. you know, nice. Um, I'm sorry you were, went through that or, you know, I have mental health problems and I'm like, were you fasting for mm-hmm. <laughs> 39 days? Like, I mean, really, I believe that was the, you know, what caused it. That was the springboard to having, you know not being healthy, but, um, mentally healthy. Yeah. Um, I lost your question. Nobody, but nobody was sending you like, uh, hateful packages, right? Oh yeah. I received, um, someone sent me blood and then they wanted me to do something with it. Well, I never opened it to see that it was blood, but it was awesome because it was on a, um, office hours days, you know, where your office is open for your students to come. And that's always wonky because then I've got people coming in that may not be students. Yeah. But yeah. So I opened it with my student there and my kids had come to visit. So they were waiting outside the office. Um, I mean, it's, it's really bizarre what some people, mostly letters, but that's like yeah. Cochran and I began to, um, like flip it for ourselves instead of being like, Oh, this is like so ugly and discouraging and negative. Cause I would always say in my outreach, rather than rant at me, 
send your kindness to Brenda. She's the one that would benefit from the time you're spending and then block them. But after a while, it just got too hard to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened at the finale. I was just replying to everybody, just saying, send your kindness to Brenda, send your kindness to Brenda, trying to be consistent with who I am in my daily life. Yeah. And I'm not perfect, but I'm just saying that's where my head was then. Mm hmm. You know, you know, with the situation with uh, Brenda, like go- going back in and watching it, and, and I feel like it ties into like everything we're talking about with in terms of like, you know, why were you chastised so much for making a game move where other people make game moves and, and don't have to like uh, be raked over the coals uh, to that degree? And I really feel like that. I look. I I can understand why Brenda would be upset with you. I think that that's like totally under- understandable why why she would be upset. But I really felt like at the finale, the sh- uh, I feel like that Jeff was really looking for you. You know, uh, they got Brenda on the Zoom call, and they said, "All right, well now right, we have we have Brenda here, so you can apologize to Brenda." And you know, like, uh, well, why do you have to apologize to Brenda? I don't know anybody that's been asked to apologize. I've seen people that have voluntarily apologized, but I wouldn't have even voluntarily because in my mind, I was playing the game. Right. The reason that I chose Brenda, which I think is really funny because I think it gives the impression that I was like super close with her. Mm -hmm. I was super close with Cochran and I wanted him to help me get, they said, you can have one person help you. But he had lost a tube sock in that water about a foot away from where Mm -hmm. I knew my teeth were. Yeah. And he couldn't dive and get that damn tube sock. Mm -hmm. So how's he going to find something that's (laughs) two and a half inches in length? She was a diver, Brenda. I'm like, I'm going to go with Little Mermaid Mm -hmm. and have a much better chance because for me, and I think I've said this maybe one time in print, but um, yeah, so I was attacked, and that's how I lost those teeth. You were attacked. So, yeah, mm-hmm. just ten years before that, working for the university. Oh, oh, when you okay? So I that I I misunderstood. I thought you were saying not in, in, in Caramoan. Uh, that was how you not lost in them. the game. Got it. Got it. The reason that it was like, I don't know that trigger is the right word because that's even overused. Sure. But the reason that it was like a flashback for me is you're being filmed and no one can really disrupt that. There's a wall. So I'm kind of crying for help and there's no one responding. And when this happened, I was in New York Mm -hmm. alone working for the university. It was really early in the morning and I was screaming for help. And I knew that I was missing some teeth. I wasn't certain. And no one replied. It was just like, yeah, what's going on there? You know, let's do it. There was not a lot of good Samaritan vibe. Right. So it felt real similar. Yeah. So I kind of just yes. wanted it out. Dawn, what I'm curious, I would think that Brenda or anybody else that had come to help you, there's a part whether you're in the game or not in the game, You, it's just human kindness. It's just reaching out. Because obviously she saw what kind of situation that you were in. Do you think if Brenda hadn't hadn't reacted during the jury, the final tribal council, like she did, if she had reacted differently, would it have changed everything as far as the bitter, the other 
jurors being bitter and then the fans becoming bitter? Would that have stopped it right there? I don't think so. I mean, I do think that it played a big part in like fanning the flames. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't, I mean, for me personally, I know from being on the jury that there's, you know, a a little bit of group think (laughs) and um, that's attributed in my mind to a lot of things, the stress of the game, the amount of time you've been at Ponderosa learning more as people get removed from the game and hearing like, what the hell that, that Mm -hmm. happened. That's how I got out. Cause you leave maybe not certain who instigated your, you know, group voting you out or a group voting you out. And so you learn that from the next person when they get to Ponderosa. So um, I don't think it would have changed anything because I was like a mother figure. I've spent a lot of time. Dr. Liza is the psychologist for the show. And I spent a lot of time with her. And she said, like, people had a really, really hard time believing you had anything to do with them being removed from the game. Like, it was more personal. Don, I'm not sure how much you've uh, kept up with like any of like sort of like the survivor talk over the years, but I feel like that your case is like often cited as like one of the reasons why it's so hard for women to win in the end at Survivor. And we see a lot of uh, the Survivor moms get to the end and get no votes. And I feel like that a lot of times, like uh, your story in Caramoan. Uh, gets brought up like were you aware of that you know that uh, a lot of people still talk about your case in that season yeah and i think i mean i think that's helpful i would like to think that it doesn't play a role but i felt like age played a role i mean i'm on a tribe where like some what brandon was married Mm -hmm. philip had a son but i don't know how much You know, I've got six kids at home. I mean, I am the mother figure. I'm French braiding hair. I'm like, you need a tampon? Here you go. Mm -hmm. You can have one of mine. Um, For those of you that don't know, we are given like a basic med kit (laughs) that would allow for that so that you don't think that we're out there like suffering. Mm -hmm. We are suffering, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Because, like the case with Jeremy is always like, oh, Jer- you know, Jeremy has kids. Uh, if he gets to he gets to the end, people will uh, automatically vote for him. Uh, I wonder hearing. if that's the difference between dads and moms. Also, I do too because we don't expect as much of dads, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's changing. I think my husband would have been like, well, for one, he would have been a better player than me because he's great with puzzles. He's kind. He became really good friends with Brenda's dad. Mm-hmm. Nightmare. When I he heard her. I mean, I called him from Hong Kong because I was still with Dr. Liza and that was our layover. And he said, I've already seen on the internet. What am I going to do about Brenda's dad? Mm-hmm. You know, I was so worried. He did seem that like a very nice man. That friendship was over. Mm-hmm. And that happened the previous season because he bonded with Whitney's first husband. <laughs> so he's like, I met this amazing couple that's amazing, like a husband. Yeah. And we're going to get together with them. And I'm like, you need to delete, delete that phone number from your phone. Like, we're not doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both times he had to give up his best friend. Yeah. <laughs> 
That guy Sorry, better get ready for some bad news own. and bad news. <laughs> Back to your comment about apologizing. Brenda's just kind of adored. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is in the game. She's beautiful. She's soft-spoken. That worked to her advantage. She is awesome in challenges. She's really good in challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, so I knew if I went to the end with her, because I had considered going to the end if I could with Eric and Brenda, but I couldn't see myself winning against them either. They're just so likable. Mm-hmm. I love Eric. I loved him. I mean, I made contact with him after and bought some of his art, like artwork that was on, I don't know, mugs or something mm-hmm. on it. But I haven't talked to him since because I know he's really close with Brenda. Mm-hmm. And Dawn, I know you're a huge, 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 huge fan. So I, I know you saw Brenda's gameplay in Nicaragua. I know when we talked to um, Nayaka, the Brenda that seems like was playing there, we didn't see. She didn't didn't seem to be quite as vocal until the end at the final tribal council as she was during Nicaragua. Am I, Rob? You're the you're the you, well, you know more about this than me. The, what would you say my, about that? My theory on this, and as, you know, I've watched uh, Nicaragua recently. Also, uh, that you know, Brenda was like very cutting in Survivor Nicaragua, and she almost has uh, nothing to say throughout the whole season until she gets to yeah. that final tribal council. But she, when her dad comes out, she says that, "Oh." Dad, you said be humble, be humble. That I've been doing it. This is my dad. He taught me. He told me be humble. And then I wonder if then she like once she's out of the game, drop that, and then more of uh, the like regular Brenda uh, came back. Yeah, and Nicaragua Brenda came back. (laughs) I think that she. My experience with her in the game is at least until a certain point, and I think. Other people would agree, maybe not Eric. She, she preferred to be alone. She spent a lot of time alone. She spent a lot of time swimming alone and going to like a certain cove that was pretty isolated. And um, she wanted to be home with her boyfriend. She talked mm-hmm. about it a great deal about like kind of regretting coming out and was that the right decision to leave him she was really happy and then he wasn't there it was kind of her other half yeah and i i understand that so yeah i mean i I think she believed she could win so as you get down to it i don't fault her for what she said to be honest the thing that was odd to me was when um religion was brought more into it because i I just don't talk about religion in the game. In Karamoan. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that kind of blew my mind. I'm like, Reynolds. Yes. What What on earth are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you talk about being... And I'm like, no, that's just false. Yeah. But... Well, religion was, religion was brought up a lot in South Pacific, wasn't it? Yes. Between yeah. uh, Brandon and yes. Coach. I mean... A, no, 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 not by you, not by you. But it seemed like it was brought up a, quite a bit in South Pacific. It was. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit, um, it was a way different experience having that. And in many ways, having it be 
more one tribe than the one I was on. Right. I mean, so that that was a trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was a trip. Um, can I just go back to one other thing with the with the final tribal councils and the juries? Like, ha- have you followed like uh, over the years, like uh, some of the other survivor moms who you know get to the end of the game and then are in that same position of being sort of like a zero vote finalist or somebody who doesn't get a lot of credit? Do you think that there's anything that the show needs to address to, you know, help out women who end up in that situation? Or is that on the players that they need to find a way to sort of like reframe their argument? Well, I do love talking to Cochran about what he prepared for his final. He's like, I made sure I said each person's name Mm -hmm. when I replied to them because people like to hear their own name. Sure. He had a lot going on with his approach. And I think I focused a lot on um, my family and myself. And And you had harder questions then. Uh, Would you go to the bar? Yeah. (laughs) It's more of a firing squad than. It's pretty funny when you think about it. I mean, it is funny now. But yeah, uh, other than, you know, Denise for me, that's the only thing that like flies Mm -hmm. in in the face of the mom role for me. Mm-hmm. But could, um, but she was up against the, I mean, I know you had Sherry there, but she was up against also Lisa, who uh, probably true. was the person who got the, like, uh, you know, uh, what did you do, Lisa? Oh, gosh. So painful. I don't know that there's anything they can do outside of bring on strong moms. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think in... I didn't, I purposely, and this is the honest truth, I tried not to win very much Mm -hmm. if I could, because I wasn't certain that was going to benefit me because I started to hear in season 26, oh, once we go to like individual, if you start winning, like you're outski. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in 23. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think if you have, I don't know, I'm always looking for equivalents not like cookie cutters, but just people that have skill sets that are similar. So mm-hmm. you're not just looking at one person as yeah. the mom. But, you know, it really isn't fair because I feel like a lot of times, and, and you talked about this, especially like in the beginning of the merge in Karamoan, where you would get information from the other side and share it with your allies. And often the the male allies on your team would benefit from this information. And then... Who would the people be mad at? They'd be mad at you of like, uh, how, how could you do that? And so it's not, it really isn't fair that, you know, uh, like, what are you supposed to do? Just keep this to yourself? Because if you tell anybody, then there's really nothing to be gained from it. Yeah, you almost need more, uh, at least where we are in society right now. I think that you need women that can handle alpha. Alpha, 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 alpha. I mean, everybody there has this really strong interpretation of themselves. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, whether it's on purpose, I don't know. It did feel like there is, there's some sexism, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I definitely let production know, like, I'm leaving a job as a professor where I get to speak with both men and women and I get to be in a position of like, I'm respected and I come out here and I hear like, um, I don't even know what you would call it. Like locker room talk. Mm -hmm. 
like I'm subjected to listening to it like nonstop. And it's so unkind, in my opinion, towards women. Mm-hmm. And you're just sitting there thinking, I remember that's how Cochran and I kind of forged a bond was just saying, isn't this like, is this how you planned on spending your summer listening to people talk about just not respecting another person? I mean, if it were about race, it would have been right. unreal. Yeah, I, I mean, people would have blown it out of the water and those people would have been clearly um, called out. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, my experience in my two seasons was almost identical. Lot, lot, a lot of camp talk about just no, not a lot of respect for women. Mm-hmm. So maybe fewer doughheads. I don't know. That's so rude. Yeah. See, there I am judging right back. Mm-hmm. Um. No, this is great. This is great stuff, Don. Uh, and um, you know, this is that um, it's not not exactly in uh, you know the same thread as as what we're talking. But uh, that I, I loved one, one of my favorite things from watching your two seasons is there's like the the couple of weeks where like at the start of the merge in Caramoan where you know uh, Corinne you know, wants to bring you in about the 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 plan to flip, and then uh, she goes out. Uh, you know, after that gets blown up, but then for some reason, Malcolm thinks like, "Oh, I'll be able to to flip Dawn," and you end up like, uh, and, and Malcolm tells you like, "Hey, Reynolds has the idol. Don't worry about it." And it's like, "I want to see the idol." Uh, and then Reynolds shows you the idol, and you have this great confessional where you say, <laughs> "You say, you know what, Reynolds? Shame on you! Shame on you for showing me this idol. You shouldn't have shown it to me." And that's it. And now, and now you have to. You're gonna. You're gonna pay for that. Uh, right. And I, I love that from you. Uh, that that was so great. And I know that eventually everything in the game is gonna wear you down by day thirty nine. But it just would have been so great to have that same sort of energy of giving shame on you to those guys or Brenda. Yeah. I think I'm like forthright. I think I'm an okay read on other people. But I don't think I'm the best, obviously, because I didn't win. So I think Cochran had a better read, like lay low, get a sunburn at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least for Caramon, yeah, I I definitely felt that way. Like, duh. I mean, I don't know how. I, well, I, I did try to forge a bond with Malcolm at the beginning. And so I think I played the I'm all alone because I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got done playing. I'm going to need a fortress because there's no way I'm going to stand up to a lot of these people. So I think he kind of put me in his tier two, at least. Yeah. I wasn't tier one, but I was tier two. So, But you duped them. You you mm-hmm. tricked them. You put on a disguise and they fell for it. And then they were upset with you after. I mean, it's an emotional game. Yeah. You're you're speaking at a time where it's all so tender mm-hmm. and alcohol fueled. <laughs> I mean, I went to I went to I was on the jury for 23 and mm-hmm. I don't drink. And so you're kind of and Cochrane didn't drink at Ponderosa. We're we're getting transported to the final tribal council council just laughing so hard at 
Like people can't get out of the van. Yeah. That's interesting. I did read that you said that a couple of changes that you would make is to ban alcohol on the day of final tribal council. And it it makes a lot of sense. And I guess I've really never noticed anybody that was just, you know, slurring mm-hmm. their words or anything, but clearly you're saying it, it's happened. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, the three amigos, they're probably doing shots back there before they head on out. Yeah. That, you know, that's interesting. You know, for all the talk that I have with people about these uh, final tribal councils, like I feel like, um, you know, that that's something that I've, I don't think we've ever talked about, but yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. Like, uh, I can understand that, uh, you know, uh, why the production might be like, all right, well, maybe, you know, let me, let's let people loosen up a little bit. But, um, you know, who wants to have drunk people in the, you know, you've spent 39 days to get to this point. Why do you want to have people potentially ruin the final tribal council? I, well, I didn't yeah. want them. To. I think that, um, you know, even to the extent that that last breakfast that you get when you make the final three, mm-hmm. you, they have champagne and I don't drink and Cochran and Sherry both, both do at that point. Cochran was cause he was so nervous. <laughs> he said, I'm going to put this in my canteen or yeah. we have, I think bottles for that one. No, canteens. And he said, I'm going to put in my canteen and drink it like an hour as much as he can gauge because we don't know when we're really going. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, I feel so relaxed before we went out to find our stumps. Mm-hmm. And I'm on like the two inch stump PS. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. heard that. I think Sophie did that also in yes, South Pacific. Did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like something so that I'm got like, passed along. There, out of everybody here, I'm stone cold sober and there's two of me, one watching the game from above. Like, I'm hallucinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dawn, I know in, in Season 3 Africa, we didn't have any alcohol at all during the day at all there. Did y'all Did y'all have it, Rob, for All Stars or for um, um, Amazon? Did you have alcohol the day in that, um you know, I I don't remember anybody drinking um, before the final tribal council in uh, the Amazon, and uh, you're not I, allowed to take not, it in transport. Yeah, I was not uh, like I don't know what I was doing on the day of the final tribal council in uh, the All Stars, but uh, I was not uh, I, I wasn't there. But for Amazon, we I'm, I can tell you we didn't have it. Yeah, in I, again, so, like, yeah, I don't know. It was a smaller jury, also. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, I guess it was only eight people, uh, but maybe it wasn't like as, uh, you know, um, like there, there were definitely like some wild parties like at nighttime, but sure. in the daytime, um, like I, I don't remember too much going on in terms of like the day of the final travel council. Yeah. I, and I do think you're busy that day with sometimes you're meeting with production that day mm-hmm. to help iron out and they can make sure that questions aren't overlapping mm-hmm. and, and anyway. Yeah. So I understand that you can be busy that day, but I don't doubt that there's a little extra courage for sure. people. So there might, there might be fewer, oh, yeah. fewer nerves, but a little more courage too, because I've never, other than when, you know, I've watched Brenda and, and Reynolds, I'm like, huh? <laughs> Like I'm the most open-minded person. There's no way that I would use my religion as. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't. I mean, I think that's why I was on there. Like, 
I practice my religion, but I would never talk about it with him or any of the people there. Right. Um, Unlike some of the other players in South Pacific, you were not like evangelizing uh, when you were out there. No, it was all personal. I did more meditating that season. It hurt me. It hurt me before. Like the whole process, because I do, I sound so dumb, but like I loved everybody that we played with. Like mm-hmm. I deeply loved them. They become your family. And I don't, I know some people go into it, no problem. They're playing the game. I think I made the tough, de- the tough decisions for myself. But the problem is I did the flip side too, which is that I like opened my heart. So as much as they were pissed when they got voted out, like it hit me. Like the day I lost my teeth, I went up to spend time and meditate by myself because I was so sad Corinne was gone. That was like my best friend. And um, that kind of showed to me like, oh, this is going to be tough. Because if you can take her out, you'll take anybody out. And I know it's a combination. It's not like I did that by myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And Dawn, I, I, Dawn I, I read that that was the most painful thing that you had done in the game was to vote Corinne out. Yep. And thankfully, I mean this. Thankfully, I, it really meant something to me that she accepted, like, this is the game, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm obviously hurt, but because I thought we had, you know, a bond that we were locked. Yeah. <laughs> but um, gratefully, she like accepted what what I offered on my own. What what Jeff didn't ask me to mm-hmm. say. And Corinne was kind of a little bit, I guess you say maybe shorted. She. She made the merge, but did not make the jury. Mm-hmm. Now they sh- they should have made an allowance for that because she would have been great jury material. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, it really was bizarre. Yeah, I don't know why. I was just yes. bizarre. I remember at the time. Huh. Nobody- yes, T Bird. Do you have that message? Yes, I do. You ready? Would now would now be a good time? Sure. I think now would be a good time. Okay. Uh, okay. T-Bird right, has Dawn. a very special message for you, Dawn. Hey, T-Bird. I hear that Dawn said some really nice things about our connection together in Carmon, And I just came here to say that I felt the exact same way. I loved Dawn. Um, I pretty instantly connected with her and she became my best friend out there. Um, I really... It's a, it's a weird... Uh, sort of thing for someone like me to become so close to someone like Dawn, just because she's a responsible mom. Um, and she doesn't party. She doesn't curse. I do both of those things, but there was something really special in our connection with each other so much so that I felt like uh, she was struggling and I wanted to tell her information I probably shouldn't have, which Resulted in my blind side, which I am pleased to hear she regrets. Still upset that it still happened. Um, but forevermore, Dawn has a very special place in my heart. And it's always nice to hear that I have the same in hers. So I don't know, oddest couple ever, but Dawn and I really, <laughs> really, really bonded when we were out there. I miss you and I love you, Dawn. 
Thank you for saying that. Thank you, Corinne. I love you to no end. And I've told her I would give her a kidney. Like, I love her that much. Wow. And she said that I would probably have to give her a liver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know what's so, so interesting of, of anybody to react, you know, like the way Brenda did compared to the way Corinne reacted. Wouldn't you think maybe Corinne might be a little bit bitter and the love oh, yeah. that she has for mm-hmm. you is beautiful. It's, I love it. It's, yeah, it's Corinne's really not a warm and fuzzy. And- she took care she of me. She can hold a grudge. She's so good to me, but I think mm-hmm. for whatever reason, lightning struck. Mm-hmm. She was the person I was the most afraid of going into the game. Yeah. And just from watching her previous, just from watching her before. Yeah. And I, um, I can see that. I can, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. I think I'd feel the same way, Dawn, because with, with Corinne, it's probably hard to know how she's going to react to you because again, like she said, your personalities are, are different and that she obviously has so much respect for you and vice versa. And y'all mm-hmm. are so different. It's really, really a cool thing. Yeah, I, I, so I think she, I loved the most, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I had like pieces of that in me for each person, even if they didn't know it. And maybe that's because I missed my kids and I, I like needed to have some kind of bond, you know, mm-hmm. unlike other people who like led a single life. And I'm like, isn't this so hard for you every day? And they would be like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I took time off of work and, you know, yeah. And I missed my anniversary two years in a row. We had just adopted a daughter and son that were 10 and five, uh, four weeks before season 23. So hello, goodbye. Mm -hmm. And I was worried about them all the time. Like, are they adjusting? What do they think? What in the honk am I doing? Like, bye. We love you. I'm gonna be gone a while. Mm-hmm. That so means you missed your anniversary. You missed your anniversary. Then you came home and told your husband he had to cut people out of your life, your friendships he was making while you were gone. I know. Ooh. I felt bad for him. <laughs> also had a really bad fall diving the second. Um, so the family gets to come out, right? Right. I never saw him in season twenty three because I got voted out when he arrived in uh. Samoa. So I never even knew he was there until I came home. Mm-hmm. Oh. Then with season 26, I did get to see him. I did get to play a challenge with him. And he was like, oh, I love Brenda's dad. I mean, that's the first thing he said in my ear. And I said, the person <laughs> who wins always goes home. So uh, we're going to lose. And he's like, oh, like my only time on the show, I've got to lose. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I don't know that we would have won, but I think he was like, this is gameplay I hadn't considered. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I felt that way for everybody. And so that's probably why I had a hard time. 
Yeah. But nothing like Corinne. <laughs> right. Uh, but was that extra hard for you? Because uh, that, of course, uh, everybody remembers that basically uh, Brenda picks you and then they say, oh, oh wait, hold on. We have a surprise. Uh, uh, there's another loved one who's ready to go. And Brenda, you could give it to everybody or you could pick one more person. And of course, uh, she gives it to everybody. But to the fact that your husband had come out on location and then had gotten had to go home and you never got to see him. Uh, and then to like have the chance to get, finally get the loved ones visit after two visits in a year and then to have it taken from you uh, in that way. I'm sure that must have been so difficult to handle. Yeah, that was my anniversary day. Yeah. That day. And um, I think it was I think you see me react more. Yeah, at I least don't think they included that in the plan. show. Oh really? I don't. I don't remember. Uh, that. Yeah, I was like extremely. It was the biggest outburst I'd had mm-hmm. um, when we got back, and I think primarily because I was very, very hungry. Yeah, that would have distracted me, and I just love him so much. Mm-hmm. He's a really good guy. Like he's a good human being. He's so good, and you're around this like dirty play, including yourself. So you're like a good person. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and everybody's good outside the game. I don't think like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying I played with a bunch of bad people. I'm mm-hmm. saying in the game, we're different people. Yeah. But um, it was hard because they were 30 feet off our beach having a barbecue mm-hmm. and Eric screaming. I wish you could have this lemon pie. You know, mm-hmm. you want me to taste a <laughs> burger? And so I could smell it. I could hear them laughing. And I absolutely knew they were talking game. Was he being mean that he was like taunting? Yeah. There was a lot. And it's amplified by my memory of it. Like over the years, it's like they were throwing hot dogs in the water. But that's not the case. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, when you retell a story over time, you're like, well, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. And that was the first season i'd seen where two people came yeah and my best friend came yeah and i never saw her and um oddly enough she became really close with um andrea's younger sister Mm -hmm. which was way cool and they they've met at the airport during layovers oh they still keep in touch yeah so it, there's a whole other side to the game, which is really beautiful and sometimes difficult. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was upset. I think I was just on so many levels angry. So I guess gratefully they didn't show that. Tom, do you think those family visits, you know, again, season three Africa, because of the location where we were, we didn't have any family visits. Do you think it, it's a way to recharge the players' batteries to have that family visit or... Do you think it kind of takes you out of the game and takes you away from, you know, mentally out of the game where it's not a, a good thing? I guess there's several ways to look at it. What What do you because think? Because I haven't done it myself, mm-hmm. I don't exactly know first person what that's like. I only know what you know, I've seen from people returning. And I think you see a mixed bag. People that are like, oh, I'm ready to be home. And in our case, the family visit was very close to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like the standard 
day that most of the visits are that you're anticipating. If you're like a major watcher, you're like, oh, this is going to be episode whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, but um, yeah, so I think it looked to me like several people will recharge. Cochran was discouraged because his mom said, um, there's no way you can get to the end. Like she had been analyzing what he had told her. Mm-hmm. So he came home pretty happy to see his dad and discouraged. And before I forget, his dad is the one that helped my husband who fell on lava rock on his back. Oh, they thought they were going to have to take him to the hospital. Yeah. So he has a bigger scar than I do on his back. Yeah. Um, you know, John, uh, that T-Bird said this in the opening um, that uh, you had to go to the hospital uh, after that tribal council at, that, uh, at Caramoan? Yeah. I was um, under the impression that the damage I had done to those people and to the people who know me was so significant that it was like my brain had flipped a switch mm-hmm. and I just didn't believe I could go home that I was so ashamed. And so what actually what I said to Cochran is I'm pretty certain I'm going to take my life, but my mic was on. Yeah. So people are partying because it's like the end, you know, it's cut. Right. Everybody, the crew, the people who played. Great job, everybody. So yeah. Yeah. And I was, when I was on the jury in 23, but that wasn't my experience and everyone wants to talk to Cochran. So I was kind of like really alone. Um, and so I kind of sat on that stump and then eventually they like moved me back to Ponderosa when we were doing the med check. Um, gosh, why can't I remember his name? Because they thought I had appendicitis before the game began. Yeah. Like day four. And they helicoptered me to Manila and I had more tests than I can ever tell you. And then they said, you can't tell anyone you've been in a helicopter. Mm -hmm. They still let me play the game. And the helicopter operators, like on the day we got brought into the game, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) never been on a helicopter in my life. Mm -hmm. How cool is this? Okay. So yeah, they um, flew me to the hospital. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure they just put me on an antipsychotic right there. I never stopped crying. Mm-hmm. It, it was like a 70 hours, maybe at the, at Ponderosa, maybe 40. It's all a blur. Yeah. And I cried the whole time. So. Dawn, I, was, was Sherry, was, was Sherry comforting to you? Cause I know, I think they were pretty rough with her at tribal council as well. How was, was she with Eric you? Eric said something like, as soon as I got there, Eric said, like he had a lot to say to me like a lot of cursing and I just, I was already crying. So Mm -hmm. Sherry, whoa, she's strong. She had words. She watched, I mean, she was a buffer. I'm grateful to her for that because that would have just taken me even to a darker place than what I was. So yeah, she's tough. She's like, who cares what they think? I'm like me. (laughs) Yeah, she said, uh, I'm done with you. I don't need to listen to you. I don't need your vote. Obviously, I'm not going to get it. So you can sit down. Oh, yeah. Sherry, <laughs> there you go, Sherry. Love it, Sherry. You tell him, girl. She's- and, and Dawn, I tell you, she, um, 
so she had to have been, like I said, she was comforting you. I, another thing that you said you'd like to see change, and I've talked, Rob and I've talked about this, and I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you, a hundred, hundred, hundred percent about sequestering the jury mm-hmm. before, you know, up into tribal council because we were in Africa. And, and it's what you said as far as I think you said group talk is so strong. It can sway people in all kinds of ways. And I, you're, I, I believe you're a hundred percent right. Yeah, in an ideal world, I mean, we're sequestered before the game. It would be nice if we were sequestered after. But, you know, depending on the amount of time you're there, I don't know, maybe that's just too difficult to do for two weeks. Um, The downside is because in what I was taken out day 27, really, I went to Redemption Island for 28. But um, in season 23, Oh, gosh, I was at Ponderosa. Like, I felt like forever. <laughs> and so what do you talk about? The game and food. That's really it. Mm-hmm. And refeeding syndrome. Apparently, a 40-year-old well, doesn't do well um, just eating like two jars of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. But, Dawn, I mean, you're right. They do it. They did it to us, you know, while we go through casting for that week time. I mean, I know it's a little different. But even before the game starts, it's done. So, I mean, I just think that's really an important part of the game is is being sequestered from each other. I think that's mm-hmm. real important. Well, we were all still together. We just had chaperones that made sure we weren't talking. We were playing games or whatever they we were doing, but mm-hmm. we weren't talking game. That seemed, I can't imagine what that would be like. <laughs> it's also healing, though, right? If you're on the jury side, it's healing to hear everybody kind of go through their own catharsis yeah. and say what they experienced. So I can see some value in that. Yeah. Don, can I ask you just a, a little bit about your time on the jury in uh, Survivor South Pacific? Because that uh, we've been uh, looking back at that game and... You know, I, I was trying to take a look at the people who were sort of like uh, the pro-Sophie people that were on the jury. And then I also feel like that there was a contingent of people that were anti-coach, uh, who right. were just voting voting against coach, uh, and people sided on Sophie. But it seemed like from that final tribal council, it seemed like that you were one of the, you, you came down on the uh, pro-Sophie side of things. Yeah. I felt like she was kick butt in those challenges. And that's really, I just felt like outlast, outplay. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. she did that. I mean, she didn't have to mold minds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, it was just this clean game. And um, that meant a lot to me. And plus, I spent time with her, like talking about Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, I've sp- <laughs> I spent a lot of time in, uh, the house that um, Keith built for Whitney, mm-hmm. <laughs> the love shack. Yes. Um, I spent a lot of time in there with, with um, Edna and Sophie and just had so much fun. So part of that was also just knowing her well. The religion part rubbed me the wrong way. It was hard at the time. However, Coach was so good to me the day of my finale for 26. He phoned me. Yeah. And I'll forever be grateful for that to say, I've been there. You're going to be okay. It was so nice. Mm-hmm. 
Because he got raked over the coals uh, pretty good at that final tribal council, right? Yeah. And really, at Ponderosa, you've still got usually 24 to 48 hours before you're flown home. Yeah. So he's like isolated. No one's talking to him. I mean, it's like seventh grade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hang out with the cool kid whose dad is wealthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Dawn, did did you see what did you watch Winners at War? Dawn with Sophie. Did she think she played a similar game um, in South Pacific? Yeah, I, I just I don't know. I really admire the game she plays. Yeah, I do. Um, she's she's pretty brilliant. Uh, that's my opinion of her. She's just brilliant in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And at that time, wise beyond her years, she was 21. Yeah. Yeah. I had almost, I had 20 years on her. <laughs> like, I should have been Yoda. Not her. <laughs> and, you know, it seems like in, in South Pacific, she kind of was kind of pushed behind a curtain, I guess. And I guess because of the strong male personalities with Coach and with Brandon and what was going on with Brandon and Ozzy. Yeah. So we probably didn't see as much of her gameplay as as she was actually playing. Yeah. I think we saw it more in her second season. Sure. And that that was I know I did. I thought, yeah. I thought, okay, mm-hmm. this is a strong player. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, now, were you surprised that Co- that Cochran wasn't out there? Did you want to see him out there for season? 40? I knew he wouldn't be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had so many conversations about him going back, and he just feels I, he just feels like he would he can't do any better. Mm-hmm. He can only do worse. Really, mm-hmm. he doesn't feel that he can win. That makes per- that makes perfect perfect sense to me. Actually, mm-hmm. I was surprised he went out and. What what season was it where he went out and he like game changers? Yeah, he like coached or I mean, I was yes, Debbie. Yeah, yeah, what I was Debbie. Down did that. Yeah. yeah, gave advice to Debbie. Uh, Don, can I ask you also? Uh, you know, we we talked a little bit about uh, Cochran, but you know, we haven't touched too much on Brandon. And you know, in watching your two seasons back to back, it really is remarkable to see, you know, the transformation that comes of, you know, in Brandon's second season from where he was, you know, just 10 months earlier when you saw him in Survivor South Pacific. And certainly in Survivor South Pacific, he is going through a lot of things, but he comes into Survivor Caramoan like almost a completely different person where you know he's like very like outwardly like trying to be and struggling with being this you know good christian or at least what his idea at the time of a good christian should be and then you know he seems to really like embrace this you know villain character by the time mm-hmm. he returns in caramon i mean that must have been wild to see that transformation yeah and i and all my belief is we won so many tribal challenges because of him. He is brute strength. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the downtime at camp, he was so conflicted, right? Because he had made so many changes. And um, I think it was difficult. It, it, it was difficult for him. But um, 
at some point, for some reason, Philip became uh, like an obstacle for him. There was just either some personality conflict. I just don't know what that was. Um, Maybe he didn't like, you know, there's a lot of discussion about books that you're going to publish. Not me, but Philip, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, I'm probably going to get a sitcom out of this. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that was just like brewing. And and maybe for some of us, it was doing that too, but we weren't outwardly saying it because we wanted to stay in the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like night and day. There's a period of time where it just flipped. Going back to in Survivor South Pacific, when uh, he gives the immunity necklace to Albert at the final five. Uh, that is a, you know, I, I described it as a slow motion train wreck uh, in the podcast that we did about the season because the travel council opens and Jeff's like, all right, travel council. And he's like, I want to give the necklace to Albert. And he hands him the necklace uh, as Albert. And then, you know, it is then a lot of discussion about like, uh, has Brandon just made a big mistake? And I think that even he realizes by the end of that tribal council that he's made a big mistake, but Albert is saying, no, 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 no. Uh, he, I think he's no, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so could I just, as a juror, uh, what was your reaction to that? And, and did Albert's chance in the game really, uh, go away in that night? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, because he was aware at camp that that was a possibility. Brandon had talked to him about it, had kind of promised him that was going to happen. So I think in that regard, he had heard enough of us say, no, you don't do that. Like you didn't win it. He doesn't need like, please don't do this. And so I think that might be because you don't see that in the show version of the game mm-hmm. um i think enough people had already expressed their frustration with that happening and tried to stop it it's hard to watch yeah yeah it's really hard to watch and i think it's an example of what he tried to do leading into to into season 26 mm-hmm. were you surprised to see brandon back out there as a favorite for 26, Don? I was surprised to see everybody for this reason. Because Holly had been at casting. Because mm-hmm. you still go through casting even if you've played before. Everyone was there at the same time. Except Don. <laughs> so oh, I didn't okay. have an idea of who was playing. Cochran, we're not allowed to talk to each other if we are. But we all have each other's phone numbers and things. Yeah. From previous seasons and stuff. But I'm like a rule follower. So I didn't tell anybody I was playing. I didn't tell a single person. Jim, Whitney, Keith, Cochran, all those people. Well, John, I don't, I was keeping in contact with none of them. They're all like, oh, you know, Cochran's probably going to play, you know, but they knew. And Mm -hmm. I even spoke to you and you're like, would you ever play again? And I was on the elliptical machine prepping because i knew i was going and so it's kind of funny that um and you lied to me dawn i lied to you Mm -hmm. dawn how could you where do you get (laughs) off dawn you know if you don't have just here yeah i mean if you don't have jeff jeff apologize to me now dawn come on if you don't have jeff probst here it's not happening (laughs) i'm not a problem didn't you know her and her strategy going in is if you didn't have her same last name 
Right. You know, there was nothing sacred. So yeah, because no, no survivor sorry. players ever lie to me about uh, if they're oh, going to okay. go back or not. That never happens. Yeah. Never. But you know, Cochran, I thought his eyeballs were going to pop out of his head when he saw me. So we're all sequestered yeah. in a hotel, but we're getting ready to take our flight, our first flight, and that's the first time we can kind of size up who's there. We didn't know. None of us knew who Malcolm was, but. Everybody turned and looked at me because it right. in their mind I wasn't at that mm-hmm. casting. Yeah. So I felt like, oh, I'm hosed. Mm-hmm. They've already got their tribes for sure. They're calling, texting each other. There's no way I can find a way in here. Yeah. So to me, that made it even more of a miracle that I got to the end. And you and Cochran were together for uh, your entire, like there wasn't a day on Survivor when uh, you weren't, you know, in a tribe with Cochran. You were on Savai together the whole time. You were at the merge. And then, of course, you get swapped together in Caramoan and all the way through 39 days uh, in that season. And so, you know, you have this bond with him that's sort of like, uh, you know, when you watch those seasons back to back, you know, you forget it's sort of like forged in fire where you're both on the bottom on uh, at, S- at Savai and you're sort of looking like you're going to both go out early because so that's uh, you're not in that like a uh, cool kids group that ends up uh, coming together there. And so you're both like fighting from the bottom. And, you know, when it gets to the to the merge, you know, Cochran confides in you that he is going to end up going and go on the other side. Uh, and so you knew and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that like, uh, we, we talked about this in the past, but I, I'm just curious, like, have you given any thought to this in terms of like, if, if it was to go down again in that, in that same way, would you have done it differently? Mm-mm. No, I wouldn't have, because I think at that stage in the game, I was holding on to the feeling of how I'd been like perceived. Yeah. You're stripped of all of your identity. When you begin that game, you build a new identity at age 41. Yeah. And, and so all the things that made me, in my mind, who I am, no one knows. And so the things that I was proud of, no one knows yeah. unless you tell them. And so I think at that stage in the game, I was probably hurt that I wasn't given more like kindness, I guess, or Mm -hmm. like faith in my ability. I still felt that I was like, well, I'm going home. Like, yeah. As soon as, you know, I lose, I'm out. So I'm, I kind of believed coach loved him. Yeah. I know I talk about love, but I mean, as as far as the game context, I I really believe that he was like going to keep him. Yeah. It's just, it's an interesting parallel. And you talk about it in Karamoan where that at, at the merge, the same exact thing where Corinne comes to you and says like, Hey, I'm, I'm flipping and you should, and you should come with me. And it, but in, in that season, you end up like acting on that and Corinne gets voted out. And while that on paper, that seems to be, the better move uh it seems like that you don't seem to struggle at all with the decision to not rat out cochran but it feels like that you do feel like uh that yes it was the right game move but that hurt so much to you know turn on corinne in that moment so it feels like that uh like 
the, you know, the way things end up working out, like for you, that is the better decision to, you know, let Cochran do his thing. Yeah. I think, you know, again, I was like a newbie. So I was still, you know, I I was still caring about other people's games too. Mm -hmm. I think you see that in South Pacific, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm wanting the best for everybody. You know, I'm trying to think, I didn't get to ask this question, but I remember saying, you know, it was like important to me who needs this experience to help them grow the most, like whether it's the finances or staying in the game longer. I don't know. I was like really practical about what's this experience going to do for you? You know, how are you going to grow? I don't know. I was, so I felt like, oh, the longer they're in the game, the better. And I felt like I was going because I knew where I stood with several of the people mm-hmm. on my tribe. So I was like, if this is going to happen for him, then that's good. You know, and I care about him and he's been through crap. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. My second game, I really was just, I'm going to be a different person. No one's going to expect it. And I'm going to make the calls that Don would never make. Mm-hmm. Don outside the game wouldn't make. And I did. And at times it was funny. Mm-hmm. Like when I would, you know, go to like a, when I would be, you know, I don't know, interviewed or what are we calling it? I'm always calling it a walk. Yeah. But yeah, talking you know, with when the producers. Just, yeah. Yeah. When you're talking to producer production, it's just you. There were times I was like, I saw the idol. Hello. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, are people really showing me the idol? I do remember, though, there was like a threat attached to that from from um Reynold. Reynold. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I'll kill you. <laughs> you're like, mm-hmm. you betray me and you're gonna be so sorry. And I was like, well, that did come back around mm-hmm. at tribal council. Mm-hmm. Don, at that final tribal council, when you knew you were up against Sherry and and, and Cochrane, especially I guess Cochrane you figured was your competition there. Um, I think I had seen that that Cochran said that he actually thought that you could beat him. Um, and he also thought it would either be you would get zero votes or that you would beat him. And he said he was going to do that, that you guys had played the same game or very similar games and that everything that Dawn did that he had done. So he planned on going into tribal council to tear you apart. But when he saw the jury was doing it, he said he just sat back and, and played low key. Now, if the jury hadn't have been tearing you apart, did he has he ever told you what he would have said t- to gain the votes? No, he hasn't. But I know he would have been. And we both said this before we went to final tribal council that day. Like in the end, we both said we were going to take we were going to play different games. Mm-hmm. And we have. And I, I was genuinely happy for him. He didn't even have like a driver's license. Like this was life changing. He yeah. bought a car, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he had his dad fly out from the East Coast to go to the lot with him in California to pick it out. Like he's so great. He's so John. Like <laughs> yeah, 
Don, from the first vote that you two went to in uh, South Pacific at Savai'i at the first tribal council, uh, that that tribal council makes it seem like it was very close between Cochran and Semhar going home. Yeah. And Cochran has a bad tribal council, that first yeah. uh, tribal council. Uh, he can't remember Semhar's name. He's uh, talking about like, well, does it have to be based on what happened in the first three days? Because oh, like, yeah. why, why is that the criteria? Um, it's very interesting to watch because survivor history is changed dramatically uh, should the vote go against Cochrane. Was it was that close? It's an eight to one vote. But was it like, you know, a coin flip before tribal? Oh, yeah, it was close. Yeah, it was super close. I, I don't think we've ever talked about that vote. Sorry, yeah. John. What? Oh, you were saying keep Semhar? I liked Semhar at that stage. <laughs> I didn't know um, yeah. John as well. You didn't know him, how great he was yet. Well, I was like, uh, I'm not, he'll be great. At, I mean, I was completely stereotyping people. It's like yeah. very early in the game. You're putting them in, you know, buckets. You're like, uh, okay, he'll be great at puzzles. We're going to be hosed if there's anything physical. Yeah. And it does seem like there's a few really big guys around here that don't like him. Yeah. What was the deciding factor? How did it end up going for uh, Cochrane instead of Semhar? Um, you know, I think that Elise might have played a bigger part in that. Elise and Whitney. I oh. think they brought, yeah, I think that they were able to bring him in. And Jim, Jim was close with him from the start. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think Jim was like, no, we're not keeping Semhar. And yeah. I think Jim struggled with her name too, which just irked me when everybody didn't get it. It, it was like really frustrating. I'm sure it was for her, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think Jim probably turned Ozzy and Keith because from Jim's perspective, that was his three final, like that's the group for final three for him. Yeah. And in that first episode, it seemed like that the one time that you seem like you you struggle in South Pacific is in those first couple of days where, you know, Ozzy is sort of like uh he's like the the cool substitute teacher of like uh hey, let's let, let's hang out, let's go in the water. And you are concerned of like, hey, aren't we supposed to have a shelter? Aren't we supposed to have a house right now? And and you mentioned like, you know, you want us you want to keep moving. You you're you're not good at just i'm just gonna chill here and then and, and hang out and ozzy seemed like that he gave you like a uh you know um you know it seemed like that he was able to sort of like give you a pep talk uh was that actually something that was helpful for you in the game um i think i said it was helpful yeah <laughs> because it kept me in yeah. the game it helped ozzy you know, I try to look back and say, like, all good people, all good intentions. My overview on Ozzy in that period of time was that he was extremely sexist. That, like, to the extent of, like, there were times when the men ate first mm -hmm. when he caught something. Now, he could have eaten. He had every right to eat entirely by himself what he catches. Yeah. And New Dawn might have done it. When I played the second time, yeah. I might have been that way. I might have hid coconuts. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I did, mm -hmm. but I might have. Mm -hmm. 
So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that just rubbed me the wrong way. I just, I don't know. I felt like it was like talking down mm-hmm. to someone. Like I've got this spiritual wisdom. Yeah. I make my own kombucha. Mm-hmm. Um, which are all authentic to him. Now that I know him, you know, that's, that's pretty legit. I don't know about how he treats women. Yeah. Cause I haven't really kept in touch, but I don't have like bad feelings about him now. I did then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don, and again, with being such a big, huge fan since season one, if you could pick, if you had found out beforehand, there were going to be two players that were going to show up on South Pacific in a helicopter. Who were the two you would have handpicked? And I guess go with guys since it was Ozzy and Coach. Who are the two guys you would have handpicked? And then give us two women you would handpick. Oh, gosh. To play with. That's rough. Yeah. There's so many people that I love. It would be hard to pick two. I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. Because I would pick them for different reasons. And I have to tell you. Like, I still fangirl out over you, Rob. Oh, stop. No, I'm not joking. It's not even a joke. Very cool. That was like a pipe dream. And I adored you. And I thought you brought so much to, you know, at that time, I called it the show. I, I think you are what kept me watching. So, yeah. Stop. Don. Yeah, I even, I even said, You're embarrassing I even me. Very nice. I don't think he wants to hear from me again. He's already heard from me. No. Um, no, that's not that true, Dawn. Yes. Like, you know, you have that feeling. There's certain people you meet that you're like, I played the game they played. Yes. Holy. Wow. Yeah. Um, yep. I think it, it's great to play with people who have the skills that Ozzy does or that a Malcolm does. Gosh, I don't think I can answer that. Yeah. I know she was really impressed with, with Stephanie, Stephanie oh, LaGrosa, which I, dream, I'm a, uh, me too, Dawn. My dream, and she's similar. My dream was to be strong like that. I mean, that was, that was my dream. That's when I really started working out. Yes. Um, Jeff said in the finale about uh, Dawn, you uh, wanted to play this game. You changed your body to play this game, uh, Jeff said. Yeah. I went to two workouts a day. I lost like 20 pounds. And by the time I got to South Pacific, I could bench like 210. 210? Yeah. Dawn. And that's, that's, that's why she could, yeah. That's why she could do the shoulder the load Boy. challenge, Rob. Now the shoulder the load did hose me for this reason. And now I'm at a blank. Stacy. Um, they believed that Stacy possibly, and I they found that this was no, but that she possibly was leaning the bamboo on her mic pack. Mm-hmm. It took quite some <laughs> time for them to determine whether that was the case. Yeah. And I was dying. At that point, the reconcile, like how they reconciled that was to let me move it lower on my own back. Yeah. And that's when I got to move it. Yeah. But um, so 
you know, I was thinking when it was time for them to choose who was going to do it, I felt like I could like physically, but I didn't know if I had the tribe's trust at that point. Yes. So, um, yeah, I knew I could do it, but then the length of time is, is a little bit longer than what we see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, in six minutes, she tapped out. <laughs> mm-hmm. It killed me. How long did that last, Dawn? It feels like it's still going on, Super. <laughs> Yeah. There's well, you're still we're dealing with the holding. consequences. Yeah. We're all still holding that damn bamboo. Uh, can I ask you about another challenge from South Pacific that we recently rewatched was the meat challenge, uh, which yeah. that uh, I we had that challenge in Survivor yeah. the Amazon, so we share we share that experience in common. It was the worst. Uh, yeah. Yours actually seemed worst, and. Don, I was thinking about it. it. It was weird having watched the seasons in the reverse order because I'm watching you, you do that challenge and then you talk about how you lost the top of a molar in that I challenge. I know. And I, and then I also couldn't help but think like, oh my God, Dawn's teeth. Her teeth are everything. Yeah. Um, in every season. And so, did, I mean, did you, did you have an issue? Did you have an issue uh, with, with doing oh, that? Because challenge? I have yeah. the retainer. Oh my gosh, that scared the pee out of me. Yes. I was so worried. Um, plus, I don't tear as well mm-hmm. of meat. Yeah, yeah. So, so worried. And then you're like this close to people. Like Keith's given me meat to drop in. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah. my gosh. Oh it my was gosh. De- definitely a different experience in 2021 than it was in uh, to watch yeah. it in 2011. Yeah. What I did though was I think there were prods that held that yeah. pig on there. Yeah. And so I hit a prod mm. and it broke my tooth. Yeah. And so you had to have that fixed after the season. After the season, I yeah. got it fixed. And then um, the only downside was a nerve was exposed. Oh, gone. And I love this. They're like, drink more water mm-hmm. and um, swish with salt water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll cure okay. it. Yeah. So I tell my kids that all the time. Mm-hmm. Drink, I have a headache. Drink more water, <laughs> which was salt water. Yeah. That's the survivor. <laughs> Put some dirt on it. It'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Put coconut oil on Dawn, it. It'll end your game. Dawn, do you consider yourself old school or new school? Because you're right there, right there on the line. Uh, I mean, middle school. I'm, I'm middle school. Mm-hmm. I play because of old school. That's that's where my heart is. I play for that dream. That's like who I am when I got out there. It was mm-hmm. that dream of all those early seasons that I never missed. And then I kind of, you know, had my own experience. And after that, it I did go through a pretty good like depression. And so I've been hit and miss on watching a lot of the seasons. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned I didn't watch my own. So it's hard for me to say, is that okay to not have an answer to that? It is, but I'm telling you as an old school player, I'm claiming you for old school. Oh, okay. okay. I'm also old school. For old school. I'm all on old okay, school. Okay, yeah. great. Don't, uh, I, just, I now. think Rob, Rob wants you to. Yes. Don't I'm you have fond memories of your time with Tata the Bushman? Oh my gosh. My kids just found a picture of that on the internet. Yeah. Not, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> I'm like 
standing next to this little man trying to make him comfortable. He's in like a red thong. Mm -hmm. He was the smallest man I've personally seen. And he was missing teeth, which I identify with, yeah. right? Like, oh, we can get this. <laughs> yeah. I, that was like so bizarre. Mm -hmm. It was pouring rain. And maybe someone else has said this, but we didn't really have any dry like tinder to begin yes, yes. and have anything to use because it was raining. So he started pulling fur. I mean, the feathers off of the chicken alive. Yeah. So I look over and I'm like, is there like the equivalent of PETA yeah. in um, the Philippines? Because this guy looks like he's not enjoying this. Yeah. The chicken. And it, it was so good. And so like I was saying that to Brandon, cause he was holding it while the, Feathers were being pulled and used yeah. for kindling. And um, so he just takes it and breaks its neck like immediately. And Tata so, or Brandon? Brandon. Oh. He's like, I don't want it to suffer. Okay. So then then they got the rest of the feathers off of it. But that kind of blew my mind. Tata. Mm -hmm. Really? <laughs> I mean, it started the fire, but really? Yeah. Like, that's like pulling your hair out. Mm -hmm. I would have rather had him pull it out of my own head than watch this chicken who can't understand what's going on. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. If the machete wasn't dull, we could have cut some of the long hair. Mm -hmm. John, do you remember the time that we watched a Survivor episode uh, with Penner and mm -hmm. uh, who else was there? Uh, of course, Cochran. Oh, uh, yeah. Edna, I think, and Lisa oh Wetchell. Yes. I loved that. And you know what? I've tried to reach out to Penner because my best friend had ALS during yes, both seasons. Yes. And she had applied with me before she had ALS. Mm -hmm. So she that was her dream. And then when I could have a friend come on or a second family member, I knew that I couldn't have her because her disease had progressed yeah. too far. Yeah. So she passed away two years ago. I could not believe that his wife... Yeah, um, Stacy. Yeah, yeah, I remember her name, but I just couldn't. I don't know if you say contracted development. Mm -hmm. What's the right word? I didn't couldn't believe she had that disease. It made me so sad. Mm -hmm. That's um a, a disease of a thousand surrenders. Mm -hmm. Every day is a surrender to something that meant something. So my love for him. Oh, he was so generous to do that. It was really fun. Yeah. It was, it was a fun night because then he had the remote control and would like <laughs> pause the TV and would be like, all right, uh, so what, what is happening here? You know, uh, and uh, it was like it was like a show. Also, it was like watching the show. And then also it was a show. I had a hard time speaking because I'm, I, I just that I was still blown away. I'm mm -hmm. like, facts of life. Penner. Mm -hmm. Rob has a pot. I, get, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was a fun time. I was going to ask you of the people you played with on South Pacific and Caramoan, who would you like to see have their second chance to play? Who do you think is deserving of a second chance? Well, Edna's just so overly talented. She's kind of fun. But I don't know. She was so lean when she started the game felt like she was going to blow away. I mean, I don't know that Corinne wants to play a third time, but I mean, I would love to see her play. I just, 
love her and and michael and um so michael snow and i he he started making bread he's a sourdough guy right oh gosh school yes he's gone to school to learn how to make bread oh he makes everything pastries it's like legit he has surpassed me if you follow follow him on instagram it's like there are the most beautiful pastries he talked to me while i was in school it's just awesome yeah i would love to see michael snow play again what about jim rice Oh, we almost saw Jim a second time. Yeah, he was left at the altar with T-Bird. I don't know how he yeah. recovered from that mm-hmm. because I know what it felt like to have my bags packed and mailed, at least my clothing mailed. Mm-hmm. But he was right there. I mean, he thought he was going. I really think he did. But he's got a great family and kids. And I, I think that you know, I don't know that he would play with mm-hmm. kids. I always want to ask the people who played without kids, would you play now that you have young children? Mm-hmm. You know, would you be willing? Uh, do, do you want to ask sure. me, Dawn? I do. Uh, <laughs> when can I leave? Uh, okay. Oh, you mean I can, if I get voted out on day three, I could sleep in for 36 days? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dawn, look my at, wife look not, at, um, might Parvati. not want me to go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Parvati was out at Winners at War, and her, how old was her little baby girl? Yeah, oh, I think like one. She was young. Mm-hmm. So young. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, she must really have had young. someone that she really, really loved care for her, and mm-hmm. so she could trust in that because that would blow your mind. Sure. I worried when my husband said, I left the kids. I had to break them apart because there's six of them. But like, I left the kids for two weeks with this family, this family, this family. I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of... And doll, that's, and that's what I mean. Did he tell you that when he came out there? Oh, wait, you didn't see him. I didn't did. You saw him at Caramo- for Caramoe. The second time I did say, if I'm in it, will you please look at this short list of possible families that we could leave? Because my parents don't live in the same state. Mm-hmm. Um, then, do you keep in touch with Papa Bear, Dawn? Mm-hmm. But only through social media. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love him. Yeah. So, I, whenever I've rewatched South Pacific, then I feel like then I, I can only say your name as Papa Bear, where I can only say, Dawn. 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 New Yorkers. And my husband's from New York. So um, I think that might be where I like connected. And then my brother-in-law is gay. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, Papa Bear, we are meant to be together. We're both old. Mm -hmm. Um, I had so much fun out there with him. He's a fun character. Yeah. And that's who he is. Mm -hmm. T-Bird, do you have anything else for Dawn? Yeah, I have. I want to tell Dawn to stop referring to herself as old because even you were what forty when you played then. Dawn, we were the same age when we played. I think I was oh. forty two. I think you were. Yes, I think we were. You were forty two when you played Survivor twenty six. I was. Cause I had my birthday twice. I hit the international time zone. Mm-hmm. 
Can I ask you one other uh, South Pacific cast question, Don? Of did did you ever uh, get in touch with uh, Christine Markoski? Who uh, that she's uh, when she gets voted out, she talks about how it was this was her fortieth birthday uh, yeah. that she was that she was out there, and she seemed like that she was a very interesting character on the season. I know oh, she was she on a polo. Play again. Yeah, she should play again. So wicked smart. Um, capable, obviously, with as long as she lasted at Redemption Island. Holy, mm, I wanted her to go. I, I really wanted her to be. Oh, that was Ozzy, right? Yeah, Ozzy knocked her out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when, yeah. Oh, that I think would have been a story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's amazing. Christina had knocked out Ozzy. She's amazing. Yeah, I kept in touch with her, oddly enough, yeah. about mammograms at the beginning <laughs> when we were out of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll always keep in touch with her, but a lot of this is just because of social media. It ties us all. And that's a good and bad. Yeah. That's a gift. Mm -hmm. Don, I did have a a couple of questions. Um, one was, um, at Malo Grant, he wanted to know, and he said this in such a nice way for me to ask you this. Why was Dawn so much more emotional, her second gameplay than her first you would think it would have been the other way around, but he says no judgment. Hashtag I would cry too. Um, I you know I think it. I think it's hard for people to believe, but I cared about people, and it was contrary to how I want to behave in my life. To be like, screw you, <laughs> um, put myself first. I mean. We adopted six kids because I don't want to have an easy life. I want to do what's right. Like, and not that everybody should adopt kids, but that was what was on my heart to do. And so it, it was like, I was conflicted the whole game um, over winning versus I have this like thought of like, let's make this fair. Let's make the, the good person win, <laughs> you know, which obviously you can't measure. But, um, yeah, the crying is from that. And then I didn't sleep. I had a very difficult time sleeping. I'm going to say two hours a night. And that's Mm -hmm. just because my brain was running like scripts, like a computer. It was like I was stuck, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to figure it out. Well, And, you know, and it's easy when you're sitting at home on your couch where you're well fed and you're sleeping to to judge, but you're right. When the game really tugs on you, I think it's harder emotionally and mentally than it is physically. So, well, you I mean, thought I, I cried when see. I cried when Corinne was on the call. Mm-hmm. I'm a crier. Sweet. I feel. I think it was sweet, and you're going to see it, and then it's going to annoy oh, the last. And this is my last question at D at DB Choop asked, wanted to know how can a middle-aged mom play, earn respects and get the votes? Um, well, not the way I played. <laughs> I thought there might've been some room for me on South Pacific. I felt like had I done a better job of creating an alliance, there might have been some room for me in more of the individual challenges. Mm-hmm. I think I was respected more, just liked more there um, because the arc of my story was like 
And then she came out, she came out of it. She was down and she started at the bottom. (laughs) Now she's middle. Mm -hmm. So, but I don't, I don't really have any suggestions. I mean, I think the game's painful. (laughs) So whenever I hear someone applying, I want to be optimistic because they're different than I am. But when my kids talk about applying, you know, I worry not that they would play or get picked, but I mean, I, I worry about their spines. I think you have to have tough skin. I really do. And and when you've got, when you're out there playing as a mom and you're thinking back about your children watching it, I think a lot of that comes into play. Yeah. I'm thankful for the opportunity to play at that age because uh, it wasn't happening in my 30s. So that mm-hmm. phone call came out of really nowhere. Like these were old tapes that someone found. So when they called me, I was like, thank goodness I didn't change my phone number ever. So you applied for 12 years. I know the tenacity. tenacity. I mean, that was tenacity was Sherry. I think you finally. Yeah. Sherry knew who I was probably. What were you doing with your videos each? What were you doing with your videos, Dawn, every time you send in a new one? How would you oh, switch it up? I, went like, to the live I do this casting time? calls. I always went to the live casting calls. So all I oh, had okay. were, the, were those. Yeah. So you didn't send a video in? You never sent a video in? Mm-mm, I applied and then later it was online. And um, I think, oh, you know what? Once um, one of one of the people that invites you back, like for another interview or whatever, they um they said we need you to do a video. And so they really just wanted a day in the life. So they wanted my children introduced. They wanted to see where I lived. They wanted to see like where I worked at BYU. So it was really more informational in my mind, but obviously your personality comes through in that. I think going to a casting call would be a lot harder than sending in a video only because what do you have like a minute or two minutes to try to sell yourself? Katie Gallagher, I mentioned her again because she did a live casting call and she was telling us she's a nut telling us how, you know, trying to get noticed. I mean, that's hard to be put on the spot like that and come up with something quickly to get their attention. And T-Bird is really good at making videos also. Yeah. I love Oh my gosh. Yes, Donna, and I can't wait, Don. Don, I can't wait. Get ready. She doesn't even know what I'm talking about. She doesn't know what I'm talking about, but I think that the live casting call, the last thing I'll say about that is just that it's your first experience with intimidation in the game. Because you're looking at 200 people in line and you're sizing them up and you're like, where do I stand? Mm-hmm. Old is what I felt. Yeah. Did you just say old again? Don't compared to the people in line, T Bird, I'm telling you. I mean, it's a it's kind of a young person's game. Like young as in twenties. <laughs> but I, I'm not I saying I, I don't I don't feel like I need like a facelift or anything. Don, thank you so much for joining us, talking with us about everything, especially as difficult as if you've had ups and downs with it that you'd want to rehash it with us is thank you so much. And no. especially coming off of the seasons that Rob Rob's doing. It's going to be great for the fans to hear from you. 
You're so, so nice. I love you both so much. And I have to tell you that you will forever be locked in my mind as like, I want to do that because I watched you guys. Oh, Dawn. Sweet. Yeah. Dawn. Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> he says my name. Yes. So it's very familiar. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, stop. You're not in New York anymore. He's like, it's my accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Don, this is so nice to get to catch up, and I'm happy to hear that you're doing well. And uh, it's it's been uh, so nice to you know be able to ask you these questions that I've been having from watching your seasons uh, in the last couple of weeks. And yeah, it's been you know the nice thing about going back to these old seasons is you get to visit with some of these people from uh, way true. back when. I need to do that. That's that's probably healing for me. I probably <laughs> need do that because there's so many people i love from yeah. the season and look that i know you don't watch your seasons but uh you should at least check out south pacific yeah yeah i i i could yeah south pacific i could do i tell anybody that asks me like all the kids that date my kids mm-hmm. you're always on survivor what mm-hmm. season south pacific 23 yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's like what i tell people about the amazon yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, love to you both. You're amazing. T Bird, thank you for reaching out originally. And Rob, I still am blown away that I would share time with you. Yeah. I was so happy when I heard that you were up for doing this. When, when I, you know, found out we're going to do these seasons back to back, I said, like, uh, do you think, could we, could we get Dawn? You think she would do it? She would. Yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't. Hey, it wasn't a sure thing Dawn. because it's been it's been so long since you don't you know you are um you know disconnected uh, for the most part from the survivor world. So there was no sure thing that you were going to want to do this. Yeah, no, for sure. I'll always love and rep for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure you feel this way, but since COVID, it's like a lot more people <laughs> as resurgence. Yes. Of Kindness for me and a resurgence of like, you're a POS. We now call our toilet Dawn. No, people are yeah. sending you mean messages. Uh, oh, say- sure. And I still what? say the same. It would be better for yeah. you to this time. Oh, yeah. I got one last week. Mm-hmm. That's what it said. I'm what? a boss for you're a POS. We now call our toilet Dawn. And I just wrote him back and said, the time that you spend on this would be better spent writing Brenda. Mm-hmm. She needs to hear good. I don't, I don't I've had enough I bad. Don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't get that at all. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get that. Mm. That's well, at least you don't get believe. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, I don't, yeah. no, 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 no. I don't mean it. I don't mean it for me. I mean, I don't get it for you. I don't get it for you at all. I really well, don't. It's the positive very, very it, confusing. The positive out of it is that I've been able to teach my kids a lot about social media as they've gone into their teens and, you know, helped them when they've had experiences where they don't like what people have said. And when there are people who have their season airing or they've left knowing that the season's going to be rough, mm-hmm. um, the show psychologist gives them my phone number. Oh, you've talked to contestants that have gone through it. Look at you, Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like the unqualified, but first person experience 
Mm-hmm. I will get you through. Hold my hand. Yeah. Well, Don, let me just say that I, I know you've been off Twitter for eight years. And so yeah. if I if I may, I just want to let you know you didn't miss anything. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's, that's right. Love to welcome Nothing your good has happened. Nothing good has happened. Yeah. Actually, a, a guy found <laughs> some shrimp in his uh, cinnamon toast crunch this week. Okay. That's, that's actually awesome. Yeah. I might buy a box. Mm, okay. Healthy. <laughs> yeah. Tell your wife and your two boys much love. Yes. And eat bird, tell your husband thank you for hooking us up and helping. Absolutely, Dawn. Thank you so yeah. much. Dawn, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, this was fantastic, Dawn. Thank you. And I'll never tire of your accent, T-Bird. <laughs> uh, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Right. I might ask you to record my message. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye, Dawn. <laughs> bye, Dawn. Okay. Bye, T. All right, T-Bird. There you have it, Dawn Meehan. Yes. Yes. Oh, that was great. That was great. I loved it. I'm so glad she's decided to do it. Yeah, you know uh, she's. It's so nice we to haven't catch really up. seen much. Yeah, and we've not seen much of her. You know, I guess since Survivor twenty six for reasons that she mentioned. So it's great to talk about. You know, to talk to her now, and especially after you did the recaps of South Pacific and Caramoan. What a perfect, perfect time! Yeah, and we nailed it. We nailed it. Uh, pat ourselves on the back, T Bird. No, Pat, you on the back. Okay. Great job. Great job with. No finding dawn and tracking her down uh so t-bird what's next for you well um i'm baking bread now yeah so i guess i'm gonna try to keep up with dawn and see if i can get these 120 loaves in the mail yeah t-bird uh (laughs) do you 120 loaves in the mail well no dawn when i was when i was learning about dawn you know she was baking 10 loaves a bread a day and she mailed out like 120 loaves yeah now i can't think of anybody that want my bread but you know hey it's what i'm doing now it's what i did yesterday i was baking bread yeah can you believe that okay i enjoyed uh, it now i don't know if i'll stay with it or not but anyway <laughs> i'm sure at some point glenn's gonna say glenn's gonna say okay enough with the bread yeah uh you know <laughs> i got one of those uh, back in the day what a loaf of bread from from, from, from dawn? dawn yeah you didn't mention that. Yeah, uh, that um, way back when. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Um, well, I know her favorite. I think I read her favorite was is making sourdough. What kind does she send you? Uh, I don't remember. I don't think it was sourdough. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. okay. All right. So. T-Bird, can we talk about uh, what we have coming up on the next Talking with T-Bird? Yes, we can. Do we want to say? Yeah, let's say it. Do we want to say? Okay, well, we're going to be talking with Anthony Robinson. What? (laughs) You told me to say it, right? Yes, Anthony Robinson uh, from Survivor Fiji. Uh, We've long wanted to talk to him on the podcast, and so... Fiji is coming up next week on the Top 40 Season Countdown. So uh, let's catch up with Anthony Robinson of the 28th best season of Survivor, Survivor Fiji. That's going to come up uh, next week on Talking with T-Bird. Yeah, I'm already enjoying him because he seems to have a, a, a sassy personality. Yes. And I like him already. 
What a shame we didn't see him long, that we didn't get to see him longer. Mm-hmm. Sure. I've been talking with him on Clubhouse. Yeah, he's going to be fun to talk to. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. All right. Well, then, T-Bird, this was uh, another fun one. Uh, where could people uh, let you know some other ideas to people to reach out to? Uh, at T-Bird Cooper. T-Bird Cooper. All right, of course. Uh, and if you missed our recaps of Dawn's seasons, of course, uh, the 30th and 29th best seasons of Survivor, respectively, you could catch those on our podcast feed at robhasawebsite.com. And of course, uh, your support uh, for these podcasts is always appreciated and everything we have going on in our patron podcast feed, including weekly patron activities and much more, is all available for you at robhasawebsite.com slash patron. T-Bird, anything else? No. Can't wait to talk to Anthony, and I can't wait for Nick to keep listening to the countdown. I'm, I'm curious to see where Africa is. I think we got a ways. I'm not ready for it to hit yet. Yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. We got good. a little time. All right. Good. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. If you stay here and listen, your life won't ever Support for this podcast comes from our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and it's hard work, but you know what's easy? Bundling with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance, and it's a good thing, too. You're busy enough. Go to geico.com and get a quote. See how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today.